Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of The Adam Eisen Show. I am back today to bring you all episode 27 of the show. It's going to be a bit on the shorter side today, but I've still got plenty of NFL and NBA to talk about, so let's go ahead and jump into it. Today, I want to start with the NFL. I've only got a few topics here, but starting off, it's the optional off-season training camp. It's begun for most teams, and with that comes some controversy with players not showing up, players making statements on their social media, and that's exactly where we're starting today with Debo Samuel. Debo, if you guys saw with this past week, he has requested a trade from the San Francisco 49ers, and there's a bunch of different reasons for this. Some could be, some have the opinion that he wants to go back to the Carolinas around that area where he's raised from. Some think that he's trying to protect his body. I'm going to jump into what I think. Now, Debo Samuel worries a lot of teams. He plays physical, he's fast, takes a lot of big hits. You guys know he plays wide receiver and running back, he plays like a mix of both ways. And talent wise, Debo Samuel is amazing. But. It's not a 12 to 15 year type of guy with the way he's playing right now. And I think that Debo understands that. Listen, guys, we know that Kyle Shanahan is an offensive mastermind and he uses Debo Samuel nonstop. The 49ers offense essentially runs through him. He understands that he's been hurt, that he has a physical play style. And that the 49ers offense leans on his physicality. Debo wants to get his money before he finds himself in a spot like many other wide receivers and these guys do. I heard a take earlier this week. It was like for head coaches and quarterbacks, sure the money's there. You you want the money. But what defines their career is the Super Bowls. Which is a lot less of a case for wide receivers. Wide receivers' careers are defined by the numbers, defined by the stats. Jerry Rice's three Super Bowls helped, but if he did not have those three Super Bowls, look at those numbers still. He's still arguably the greatest football player of all time. But I think along with it, it needs to be considered for Debo. Debo needs to consider that Kyle Shanahan is the perfect coach for his play style. This is also not a case of the Niners not wanting to give him money. They've offered him a big contract already, and he wants more. When you pay guys at the top of the market, they aren't going to end up with good enough weapons around them to win it. Look at the Packers, this scenario. Packers now have no wide receivers, and Rodgers is getting paid $50 million a year. The 49ers don't want to be paying Kittle and Samuel, two guys who get injured, a lump sum of their cash. Look at opposite side of their division in the NFC West. Matthew Stafford and the Rams. Matthew Stafford's on a team-friendly deal. Everyone else follows suit. They go out. They were able to get Allen Robinson, Bobby Wagner. And in Debo's case, he's a wide receiver across the field from Kittle, another guy who gets injured a lot. And if I was the GM of the 49ers, I would lose sleep giving him the money he wants. Their two best offensive guys would be injury reliabilities. But then the Rams' top six guys are all reliable. Stafford, Cup, Robinson, Jefferson, Donald, Ramsey. All reliable guys. Whitworth was, what, 41 years old playing offensive lineman. He retired, but 
he was one of the most reliable guys there is. The Rams understand you have to build around reliable people. So your division rivals never get hurt. But your guy, the 49ers guy, they're going to have Garoppolo, who gets hurt, Kittle, who gets hurt, and now I got to go pay Debo Samuel a ton, whose style won't wear over time. Debo has said that he wants to transition a little. He wants to transition into just being a wide receiver. And he understands that he needs to keep his body right. For wide receivers, where it's at for them, it's not for the Super Bowls, not for stuff like that. Wide receivers are in this league to get paid and to pit up huge stats weekend and week out. I think it's the best case scenario for the 49ers and Debo Samuel to move apart. Debo Samuel will keep getting used by Kyle Shanahan in a very physical way. We talked about it. He's an offensive mastermind. I think it would be a different scenario if the 49ers did move off of Jimmy G two months ago like everybody thought they should have. That would have saved a lot more money. And even if you don't think Trey Lance is the guy... You spent a third overall pick on him. You're not allowed to not put him out on the field. At least see. If you don't at least see what you have in the guy, what are you doing? Why'd you waste that? Are you just doubting? Like, you don't... Doubting your gut? Uh, next question is, where could Debo Samuel go? There's been a bunch of teams thrown out there. He's thrown out a couple himself, I believe. One of them's in the Packers, Jets, stuff like that. I think, might sound biased to you guys... But I truly believe out of the whole league, his best place he could go is to the Green Bay Packers. He wants to turn into just a wide receiver, which is what Green Bay is lacking right now. And the Packers have the special running backs, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, to take care of the running back slot. What the Packers need is their number one receiver, which is what Debo Samuel is looking for. They also have two first round and two second round picks this year. Four picks in the top 60. It would not be a hard deal, in my opinion, to get worked out. I think it would largely come down to cap space and things like that. I already mentioned his hometown. He's from the Carolinas area. He could want to go play in Atlanta. I don't think Carolina would be able to make him fit just with cap room and stuff like that, but could want to go to Carolina. The Jets were thrown out there. I don't know why he'd want to go there. But I think this trade caught, or this request for a trade caught me off guard just as much as it caught a lot of you guys off of guard. But I think in the end, it will be the best for both parties. Wide receivers want to get paid. Obviously, all players want to stay healthy. And Debo is seeing the future. He is not a 12-year player. Now, one more thing before we jump into the NBA today. You guys know it's the playoffs. I'm getting excited to talk about it, but I want to talk about the draft just a little bit that is coming up in less than a week's time. The first big football action since free agency began, and we are going to get to see some young stars come into the NFL and live their dream. It may not be a great QB draft, but everybody who thinks just because it's not a great QB draft... It's still a loaded draft in every other place on the field. There are some serious playmakers each year now. There are 24 to 25 college wide receivers coming into this league, making a difference. The QBs that do end up getting drafted in the first round, I want to say to you guys, are third round graded talent. Kenny Pickett will might be the first quarterback taken and will be taken in the first round. 
but in any other year, put him in the class with Patrick Mahomes, Allen, all them, Lamar Jackson, he would go in the third round. He has a big arm, but is six foot tall. That's all he has. And he got, he's mobile, but if you compare him to Josh Allen, like a lot of people do, Josh Allen had the big arm. He was a little mobile, could make the plays, but Josh Allen's 6'4". Kenny Pickett is four inches less than him, way tinier. We heard about his hand size, all that. Joe Burrow has already proved the hand th- size thing wrong a little bit. Kenny Pickett could make a bigger statement, but I do want everybody to know these are late second third round QBs in my opinion and the reason they're going to be drafted in the first round is because of how weak the QB free agency class is this year and the draft is overall I don't have much more to say about the draft other than each year there's a guy that everybody knows is going to be a special talent for a fact it's not usually a QB because QBs are always hit or miss they don't usually go number one overall. And this year for that, my guy has to be Aiden Hutchinson. I think he is just a wrecker. 6'6", 265 pounds, fast off the edge, and wrecked havoc all throughout college. Evan Neal, the right tackle from Alabama, I think is the other surefire lock. One of those two guys is going number one overall. The other guy will probably go number two overall. And those are two guys that are going to come in and immediately be able to make a big impact in the trenches. Now, transitioning on today to the NBA playoffs, I was excited to get here. First round of the playoffs, I spoke to everybody last week. I said, I don't like to watch the NBA much throughout the regular season. I think it's far too long. If the NBA could go shorten down the regular season 20 games, they change the playoffs to where the first round is three games second round is five games you could maybe even add a third round in there and then the western conference finals give me more playoff games but shorter playoff series i think there's a ton more the nba could do to make the whole season more entertaining but right now it's the nba playoffs i can't complain much and i'm gonna go ahead and dive into the first team today the brooklyn nets and thinking about them through this week we see them in the Boston series it's not going well and there's a difference between how a successful business operates and why it's successful Katie and Kyrie get the how they've been on championship teams before Katie with Golden State and Kyrie with Cleveland but Katie and Kyrie don't get the why they're clueless they think just because they're friends and ballers that it'll work they really believed that they could come into this season without coaching without chemistry or not this season but without coaching and before this started two or three years ago without chemistry they thought they could come in with steve nash leading them you have to have a coach in this league Draymond Green, Steph Curry, Klay Thompson. They're three selfless guys. They plan things out and are able to be coached and coached hard. You can be confrontational with them, and Steve Kerr just does just that. The Golden State Warriors are a perfect example of superstars that know their place and are willing to be able to get coached up 
and know that they can't go out there and win it on their own. Let's be real here. This Nets experiment has been a total failure. One first round exit, one second round exit, and likely another first round exit. They have no chemistry, no youth, no plans, and reports are Steve Nash is over it. But Katie and Kyrie didn't want to plan things out. They didn't want to coach. They didn't even think they needed a coach. They were on a podcast before this whole thing started. And they were joking around about basically saying they didn't think they needed a coach. They leaned into being villains on the nets and are being straight up lousy villains. I mean, it's embarrassing. They had no plan and no coach. What great coaching does, and we are seeing it now, great coaching not only elevates players, but Katie and Kyrie are great. We know that. A great coach is not only there to elevate them, it's there to hide their flaws. Sean McVay hid Jared Goff's flaws. Belichick did it with Brady for 20 years. Now, we know KD isn't soft. But don't mistake anything and believe he's physical. He's not. And that's where the Celtics are coming after them at. I'm not saying he's weak or soft. And I'm not saying he doesn't play defense. But he can get pushed around a little bit. And we see he's a little skinny. What Boston is doing this whole series is just pushing KD around. And the Nets had zero plan for it. Just like everything else. I mean, think about this. Since they created this superstar Nets team, let's think about just what's happened. KD now, he's now getting the narrative that he can't win without State, without Steph. Golden State is going to win their first round series, likely a 4-0 against Denver. Kyrie was rumored to be toxic in Boston, and that relationship ended badly. Now he's going to lose to them again. And then you have Harden, the third head of that big three, who was lucky enough to get out and who everybody thought was the problem. He managed to escape to Philly. And now Philly is going to win their first round series. We are three years in. And this Nets super team experiment, whatever you want to call it, has completely failed due to lack of planning and due to lack of coaching. No one should ever underestimate a coach. No matter the league, no matter what level you're at, no one should ever underestimate how important a coach is, not only for elevating, but also for hiding flaws. The next NBA team, I'm going to jump over the 76ers. We were just talking about James Harden. The 76ers lead 3-0 over Toronto. They're playing game four in about 90 minutes from when I'm filming this. I think they're going to handle business against Toronto in game four, no problem. Then they'll get some time off before their second round series. And what I was thinking about with the 76ers this week, where I went is when you want to sell a home, when you're putting your house up on the market, what do you do? You get rid of the clutter clear some things out, you maybe get rid of some of the personalized photos, get rid of the clutter, make your house look real good, make it feel more homey for random strangers coming into it, and you don't have to redesign the house, 
You don't even have to stage the house necessarily. You just got to clean it up. You just got to bring that one piece of furniture out of the basement to put with your couch. So you have your little, you you got your nice couch, you got your nice sofa, whatever it may be. You got it all there. People coming in to look at it and it's no longer cluttered. And when the Sixers took James Harden, I thought it was a good team, but it was too cluttered. James Harden was okay, maybe moody, but he is a star and will make shots for you and facilitate, which is a big thing for James Harden. If we remember, people used to hate on him for not being able to facilitate with the basketball, being able to control the floor. He's able to do that now. Philly cleaned up their house. They gave Moody Ben Simmons to Brooklyn after that hasn't worked for years and he tried to taint the entire season this year. They got Andre Drummond, who was a two-time All-Star and a four-time rebound leader, including he was a rebound leader last year, and he needed minutes in Philly, but they have Embiid, so they chose to get rid of some of the clutter. They got rid of Andre Drummond. Then Seth Curry, who needs minutes and needs the ball. He needs to take shots. They said, nah, let's get rid of those guys. And now when I watch the Philadelphia 76ers, there is so much more clarity to who they are. They they got rid of all the clutter. The moody Ben Simmons, the backup center who needed minutes. Seth Curry, who's aging and who needed the ball. Now you have Tyrese Maxey, who has ascended since that trade. He was shooting 47%, averaging 17 points. Now he's shooting 53%, averaging 20. More minutes, more shots, more clarity. Tyrese Maxey now knows who he is, and so does everybody else. And the Philadelphia 76ers can play to that. Embiid also now gets more minutes. You don't have to give some clu- you don't have to give minutes to Andre Drummond the clutter. Bringing in Harden didn't change the dynamic. It's Embiid's team. He is going to take the game-winning three-point shot like we saw the other night against Toronto. Instead of being cluttered Philly, now they have clarity and can win knowing exactly who they are, not going through this rotation with the bench. There's this saying, you everybody's heard it, addition by subtraction, which is the best example for Philly here. Now, Brooklyn has a million questions, like when to use Simmons and Curry and who will get along, and Elton Brand, the GM for the 76ers, knew it. He had too much clutter in his house to sell it. He cleared it out. He brought in a nice chair to go with his nice couch and kept it cleared. And it's no longer cluttered. And look at him now. It's the best 76ers team we've seen in years. And for once, it seems like the process could be working out. The last NBA team I'm going to jump on to today is the Warriors. The Warriors are up 3-0 right now on Denver. And we brought this up with the Nets. But this time, I'm going to bring it up with the Warriors. They know how to be a successful business. Unlike the Nets, they know why it's successful. If you want to build something, the why is important. Why are the Warriors so good? They're selfless. They're extremely selfless. They're very smart. And you cannot think of a dynasty 
whether it be pro or college sports, college basketball, pro football, pro basketball, call it whatever it may be, that did not have a great coach. Every single dynasty. Kyrie and KD don't think they need, but they did need a great head coach. They did need someone to keep them together. But I'm talking about the Warriors now, so I'll get back to them. Why are they beating Denver, people might ask? How do they look so good? They've been out of the limelight for years. Now they're back. Everything has now lined up for them. Draymond and Steph Curry are rested and healthy. Clay is back looking like his old self after being gone for a year and a half to two years. And Jordan Poole is elevating his game. He is turning into another Splash Brother right in front of our eyes. Why is this? You might ask. This is why they have a dynasty. They rested Draymond and trusted him to be there when it mattered. They rested Steph. Steph said, I'll come off the bench. And they've been elevating Jordan Poole now for three months three months since the All-Star break. And he has turned into a star. In the regular season, Poole averaged 18.5 on 44% shooting and 36% from three. In the playoffs, he's averaging 29 points, 68%, and 59% from three. They're led by a great head coach who knows how to trust his players. And because of the way they are run, they are ready. They are rested. They knew they were a smaller team. And they would be playing big guys like Jokic or Giannis or Embiid or Ayton all throughout the playoffs. And they're smaller and they had to look into the future. They might have sacrificed a seed in the end of the day. They, whatever it may be, might have sacrificed a couple wins. But they got their rest. They have a great head coach who has been there before. Not Steve Nash, who he had NBA experience but has not had any experience as a head coach. And these guys aren't just great because of their talent. They're great because there's coaching behind it. There's intelligence behind it. There's truth behind it. Thank you all so much for tuning in to another edition of The Adam Eisen Show. I know it was a bit on the shorter side today, but I'll be back with a much longer episode next weekend. For I can't wait for it. See you then. Episode 28. Peace. Peace.